if you will, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 22. And uh, Luke chapter 22, I'm going to read two verses of scripture, verse 31 and verse 32. And I'm just going to share with you a few things that the Lord uh, has been talking to me about. I don't know, for the last several weeks, off and on, just uh, drawn back again to this particular verse. And uh, I pray that it will, it will be a ministry to someone here tonight. Luke chapter 22 Verse number 31, very familiar portion of Scripture to many of you. Jesus speaking said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And everybody said, Amen. I don't really know what to call this tonight. Maybe attack and counterattack. Perhaps you'll get a better topic before it's over, but I do believe God has something to say to us tonight. Father, I come again tonight before your people, and I never come without feeling a certain fear certain reservation in my own heart, wondering if I have what is needed for that service. I pray tonight that what is there on my heart will be meet to someone's soul tonight and that they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that whatever is against them, whatever is going wrong right now, there is at the same time a work of your hand that is being done. I pray in Jesus' name that it would be done. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I think we're all aware that there is an enemy of our soul uh, Scripture identifies him as Satan, Lucifer. And ever since his downfall from glory, it has been his desire and his plan to destroy all that he can that is good. From the very beginning, the Garden of Eden, serpent that comes to Adam and Eve in the garden and temptation that succumbs uh, or, or brings them down, and from that day until now, he has never changed his plan. He attacks, he comes against us, and it is his desire, according to what I read in Scripture and what we've read tonight, his motive is to sift or to destroy. And so his plans are set in motion to do just that, to tear down, to strip away from us the things that are vital and necessary. And all that the devil does is sometimes hard to understand, and it is extremely difficult to put your hand around. You may not 
You, you may not know how to name it, but you know it's evil that is working against you. And I think all of us at some point in our life have felt that evil working against us purposely, uh, perpetrating things and uh, uh, in, and uh, and bringing things uh, into our life that would cause us to stumble. But what I've learned about God is that God is never caught off guard. God is never caught without a plan. As a matter of fact, even in the very beginning when the scripture said that, that Satan came in that form of a serpent to beguile Eve, that God already had a plan before anything ever happened between Eve and the serpent and Eve and her husband. The Bible said that Christ was slain from the foundations of the world. So before any of that ever came about, God already had a plan. So whatever the devil has planned and whatever he has masterminded, God has always a plan to counteract what he's trying to do. Amen. The devil comes to destroy us and God takes what the devil tries to use to destroy us and he develops us. He uses that to cause us to grow and to become strong and mature. And it takes going through some things in life before we actually do mature. I think all of us have had to deal with teenagers at at some point in our life that felt like they knew everything and had the answer to all of life's mysteries and problems. The only problem is they hadn't lived long enough to know all of that. And you have, but you can't convince them that you have. And so you just have to let life do its work on them. And somehow along the way, life knocks them down enough and it puts them on a face long enough to realize that they don't have all the answers and that even though there may be something evil that is working against them, there is something good that God has planned to counteract that. And so the devil works to destroy us and God uses that to develop us. The Apostle Paul, who came uh, as a, co a new convert to the church, he came with a great passion and a zeal and he went everywhere and he was turning the world upside down. And so the Bible said that he came to one particular town called Lystra and there at Lystra they turned against him and they turned in such a, a fierceness that they began to throw rocks at him and stone him until he was buried under a pile of stones and the Bible said that they left him for dead. But surprising to those who stood around was that in that moment when they thought he was dead, he was really just taking a trip to the glory world. And he talked about it later on as having gone to the third heaven. And he said, I saw things that were unmentionable. And he saw revelations and in that time when, when the devil was trying to destroy him, God had another plan. And, and they stood beside the road un, watching that body uh, under that pile of stones. And it wasn't long until one of those stones began to move. And, and Paul crawled out from under all those rocks and got back on his feet and he went into the next town. I like that kind of man. 
I like that kind of person that no matter what life does to them, it knocks them down. The devil tries to pile your life full of stones. He tries to bury some of us under troubles and stress and destroy us through all kind of things. But somehow there's a strength that comes to us because he's not the only one working. God is also at work. And God was also with a plan. And God had something for Paul yet to do. And somehow strength came back to that body. And he crawled out from underneath those rocks. And he went on. And he did his greatest work after that. But it was that which helped develop Paul. It was that which the devil had intended to destroy him. That God used to develop him to become the evangelist that turned a world upside down. And how many of you sitting on these pews tonight has the devil tried to bury under a pile of trouble and stress and all kinds of other things. And yet somehow you crawl out from under it and you get back on your feet. You know why? Because God still has a plan for your life. It's not the end. And though Paul was going to be stoned and Peter was going to be sifted, God said, I have a plan. Satan desires to have you, Peter. He wants to sift you like wheat. He wants to put you through a grinder. I don't know how many of you have ever seen the sifting process, but it's not a pretty sight. And it's very, very rigorous. And they throw the grain up into the air and it comes back down and they throw it back up and it comes back down and they throw it. And God said, that's what's about to happen to you, Peter. Life is about to put you on a roller coaster and it's going to be up and down and up and down. But he said, I just want you to know that I have prayed for you. I know the devil has a plan, but I've got one too. And I would much rather trust God's plan than the devil's any day of the week. And as long as I know he's praying for me, it doesn't matter what I have to go through because I know that his prayers are going to help see me through. I know that his prayers are going to keep me and they're going to keep me from falling. And somebody ought to say amen to that. What amazes me about this particular text is that Jesus foresaw, he saw situations that were going to come into Peter's life that were going to try him and test him and stagger his life. And so he prayed for him that his faith would not fail. The specific point of which he prayed was for Peter's faith. And he prayed for the preservation of his faith. Because he knew that if faith would stay alive, no matter how life tried to bury him, he would come back. Amen. He would crawl out from under all of it. And he would go on to do what God had called him to do. And so tonight I've come to talk to you a little while about those things that pile up on us in life. And those things that we go through that are like sifting processes. Where life is up and down and up and down. And how uncertain we are at particular moments but God said I've got a plan Peter I know that Satan wants to have you but I want you too and I have prayed that your faith fail not so when there was an attack God had a counterattack. 
Listen to me tonight. There is nothing that the devil can plan against you that God doesn't already have a plan prepared to get you out of. There is nothing that the devil can bring into your life or wrong or reversals or trouble or stress or problems can bring into your life that God doesn't already have an answer and a solution for. And if we will just listen to him and stay close to him, what he tells us will help get us through all of those things. So whatever the enemy has planned, God has also counterplanned. And God said, I know He wants you, but I want you more. Amen. Isn't it good to know God wants you tonight? He wants all of us. He doesn't want any of us to fail. And that's one of the great lessons of this story, is that He wants to save all of us from that hour of trouble and that hour of stress. He doesn't want any of us to falter or fail. And so He said, I prayed for you, Peter. I see that hour coming. I know what's on the, on the agenda. I know what's coming down the road. And he, I just want you to know that I'm, I prayed for you, that your faith failed not. God doesn't want any of us to fail. He doesn't want any of us to be a failure in life. We may fail sometimes, but failing does not mean we are failures. We are only failures when we refuse to crawl out from under that pile of rocks that life has thrown on us and we give up. That's the only time that we're a failure. We're a failure when we quit. When we say, you know what, I can't stand this anymore. I'm through with this. And we throw up our hands and walk away. But as long as there is life, as long as there is a prayer that is being prayed, there is hope for every one of us. And I don't believe that people... Peter was the only one Jesus prayed for. I believe he is an intercessor for every one of us according to the scripture. He ever liveth to be an intercessor for all of us tonight. So that means every day of the week, 24 hours a day, there is someone pulling for me saying, come on, you're going to make it. Come on, you're going to make, you're going to get through this. You're going to outlive this. You're going to get up from under there. You're going to be able to crawl out. You may have some bruises. You may be hurt. You may have some cuts on your body. You may not feel really good, but you're going to come out of it because I have prayed for you. Praise God. I'm thankful that somebody's praying for me tonight. Oh, yes, I'm glad somebody's praying for me tonight. When Peter looked ahead in the life, or when Jesus looked ahead in the life of Peter, he saw storm clouds and troubled days, but he said, don't worry. I've got a plan as well. I have a way, I, I, I know how to get you through all that. And when he looked into the future, he prayed for one thing, and that was Peter's faith. Whatever you do, don't ever get tired of living by faith. Because faith is what sustains all of us. Faith is what keeps us going. Faith is what buoys us in the storm of life. It is holding on to a A confidence that God is still working. That's what faith is. It's just a simple confidence that God's not through here yet. It may look dead. It may look like it's over. It may look like it's the end. But faith says, hold on. God's not through yet. 
It may look like life will never be the same again, but listen to me. There's life beyond the dead. He proved that. There's life beyond the grave. You may even go through some dying experiences in your life where things die in your life. But he said, that doesn't mean it has to be the end. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. So there's life beyond the grave. There's life beyond those dying places in life. There's life beyond whatever might be wrong at this particular moment in your life. Amen. Somebody ought to take hold of that tonight and say, thank you, God, for that word. I needed to hear that. I need to know that there's life beyond what I'm going through right now. God's got a hand on all of it. And whatever Satan has tried to do to destroy, God is trying to use to build you and develop you. And if you listen to what he has to say, you'll make it. All of us will make it. But I thought about the trying of our faith and the testing. The Bible speaks about it. It's talk, it talks about faith that is tried and faith that is tested and faith that is staggered. And I, I begin to think about those particular thoughts. What tries our faith? What is it that when we're going through it tries our faith? It tries our patience. It presses us to the limit. What is it? And I thought about it for a moment and I realized that what is the trial of faith or what is what tries us in the area and realm of faith is that sometimes our troubles go on longer than we expected them to. And the length of our trial and time. You know, all of us have a time clock ticking tonight. And all of us have our own agenda that where we want things to work out. We like for this to work and we want this to work. And we've got this planned and we've got this on the agenda. And we're hoping to do this tomorrow and next week. And some of you have already got your vacations planned for next year. But that's just the way life is. We want to know what's ahead. But what tries our faith is when what we plan or what we hope for or what we long for does not come to pass in our time frame. We want it now. God, you've got to answer. How many times have I prayed, God, you've got to answer tonight. How many times have I prayed, God, you've got to do it right. Some of you are smiling. I'm not the only one that's prayed that prayer. You've got to do it tonight, God. We've got to see something happen right now. God just keeps on being God. And two weeks down the road or a month down the road, that thing that we prayed for comes to pass and we don't even rejoice over it because we're so aggravated it didn't happen on our time. But you know what? God knows all things. And the truth is, if God did it on our timetable, how many of you know the fact that if God did it on your timetable, your life would be in a bigger mess than it is right now? Because we don't see what God sees. And so God tempers everything for the day. And, and we go through situations. And what tries our faith is the time element. How long, O oh Lord? Even the psalmist David cried out, How long, O oh Lord, are you going to be silent? How long are you going to refuse to move? How long is the night? Sometimes the night can be like an eternity. That's what tries our faith, is the time element. Some of you are wanting something right now, and God's 
it, God's not doing it right now. But that doesn't mean God's not doing anything. God has a plan. There's nothing that Satan uh, de- 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 designs to do that God does not have a counter design to take care of. And so whatever the time issue is, you need to learn how to trust God. When you cannot trace Him, you cannot tell where He is, you trust Him. That God's got this under control. And so time tries our faith. And I thought about what tests our faith. What really puts us through the rigors and what, what what puts us through the grinder and it is the weight of our burdens. What tests us? It's the hurts. It's the deep misunderstanding. It's the pain that we have to go through. It's the suffering. You know, I, I, I thought about this past week, the passing of Anna Lee and how tragic my heart broken. I, I cannot even imagine what it would be like to have to bury my grandchild. I, I, I don't even want to think in those thoughts, but I was over the last few weeks and or the last few days I've been listening. And you know, it's strange, but every time something like this happens, we have to try to explain God. Well, God meant it for this or God, you know what? There's some things about God I can't explain. I, there's some things about the ways of God I just don't have an answer for tonight. It doesn't mean there's not an answer, but I don't have one. And I've come to the realization that God is God and I need to let Him be God and I don't have to understand it all, but I do need to learn to trust Him in all things and I don't have to give an explanation for everything that's going on in my life. Amen. There's some things that are just too hard to understand. And I've had people get up and make the most ridiculous statements like, well, God said, and then when something didn't come to pass, well, God changed his mind. You know, I've seen us, and I know we're earnest. I know we want those things, and I know that many times we speak in faith. But I've also learned that many times we're trying to play God. We're trying to give an answer. We're trying to put a good face on. Well, it just doesn't look good, Brother Hughes. I mean, if you look at my life right now, I've got all kind of chaos going on. And everything that's bad that could happen is happening to me. And I'm supposed to be a child of God. How do you explain that? I can't explain that. But I just want to let God be God and know that whatever the devil has planned, God has also got a counter plan. And I believe God's counter plan is going to work better. Better than the devil's plan. Amen. I know that whatever has been purposed against me, God has purposed something for me. And that's all he was trying to remind Peter of, is that whatever life throws at you, just remember that I have, a, I have an answer for that, and if you'll trust me, I will see you through. And I thought about what staggers our faith. And it goes right in with what I just said. What staggers our faith is the unknowns of life. Those things that come up in a moment's time. We're all sitting here tonight. All of us look healthy. I think we do. I think we're all alive tonight. Amen. 
We all look like we've got everything together and everything's just going to be great. We've got plans tomorrow. But you know what? Nobody knows what a day can hold. A door that didn't latch. A dog that went out the door. A toddler that followed that child, that, that dog out the door. And life changes just like that. That's how it all happened. Nobody planned that. Those are the things that stagger our faith. If we cannot see that, we cannot understand that. We cannot have an answer for that. And it's the unseen and the unexpected that causes our faith to stagger. What is it about life that causes us to waver and to wobble? It's the unknowns of life. Those things that crop up overnight. We Everything's going good. You go to, to, to work tomorrow morning. And there's a pink slip on the desk. Or you, you get up and you go about your duties and you go for just a normal, regular checkup. And the doctor comes back in and said, oh, I need to send you somewhere else because I see something that I don't like. And just like that, life changes. Somebody calls, one phone call can turn our world upside down. One phone call. That's why I go back to what I said earlier. You don't, you, you can't afford to waste one more hour if you're living in bitterness to live any more in bitterness. You can't waste another moment in regrets. You can't live another moment looking back over your shoulder saying, man, I wish I had changed that or done that or I, I wish I hadn't said that. It's done. You can't go back. We gotta live with what we have and sometimes living with what we've done is a hard thing to do. You know what? We have to live it. Amen. We have to live it. And we have to prove that it can be outlived. Amen. Listen to me. If you turn back, life won. But if you keep going, you're going to outlive it. Because one of these days, life is going to give way to immortality. That's supernatural life. And if you give up and you give in and you give out and you throw away your faith and say, I don't believe I can trust God anymore. I don't understand God. You can't explain God. Would you really want a God that you could explain? I want to ask that anyway. Do you really want a God that you could put in a box? Do you want God that is so small that He could be housed in a figure or some kind of image and that's all God is? No, I want a God that inhabits eternity. I want a God that's bigger than the universe. I want a God who sits on the circle of the earth and the earth is His footstool and heaven's His throne. That's the kind of God I serve tonight. And if I'll get back up and I will keep going, I can outlive my mistakes. I can outlive my bad decisions. Amen. There are some of us sitting here tonight that have made some decisions that are so blunderous that if we are not careful, those decisions can end our life unless we decide differently. Amen. You know what? This is not going to be the end of me. I'm going to outlive my mistakes. I'm going to live even if life piles rocks on top of me and it stones me tomorrow. Somehow I'm going to crawl out from underneath those stones and I'm going to get back up and go on because I plan on outliving all that. Because God said, 
that he had a purpose for my life. Beyond whatever the test is, God has a purpose. And so I'm going to close. God wants all of us to succeed. He wants all of us to win. He wants all of us to overcome. Not one of us does he desire or cherish failure. The second thing that God spoke so clearly to me this afternoon is that he cares about what is going on in my life. And he's not too busy doing his thing that he doesn't care what's going on in my life. Listen to me. Jesus is on his way to Calvary. If anybody had the weight of the world on him, he had it. If anybody had a right to be focused only on himself and only on what was coming down on him and all of that, all that was going to happen, all the, 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 the denials, the beatings, the, the hatred, the vengeance that would be poured out on him, the vengeance that would be beaten out of him. If, if anybody had a right to be just narrowed in on their little world, he had a right. But in the midst of all that was on him, he turned to Peter and he said, Hey, Peter, I know the devil's got plans for you, but I just want you to know I have plans too. That he cares what is going on in my life. And he's not too busy being God that he doesn't care about what I'm going through. He said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, I love God's confidence. Praise God. I love God's confidence. I love the way God talks to his people. He doesn't beat us down. He doesn't tell us, I told you so. He doesn't get over us and tell us how wrong we were. He just said, I, I have confidence in you and when thou art converted, all I'm going to ask you to do is just strengthen your brethren. Amen. Be an encouragement to somebody else. Remember that you went through that and they may be going through the same thing. And if I kept you, I'll keep them. Praise God. I'm glad he cares about my life. I'm glad God's interested in what's going on with me right now. And there is nothing that the devil, the devil may have been at the root of every trouble in your life up to this point. But I'm here to tell somebody right now that whatever he has planned, God has a counter plan. Amen. And I just have a feeling that if you'll trust God's plan, it's going to be a whole lot better. Amen. Let's stand together.